Investing in your business can be a wonderful way to grow wealth and live the life you want. That's what I'm doing. But investing in someone else's business can be even better. In my opinion, this is the best way to generate true passive income streams. Through ETFs or exchange-traded funds, you can buy a basket of shares in different companies in one trade. BetaShares offers Australia's broadest range of ETFs, including the Global Cashflow Kings ETF, ticker symbol CFLO, which lets you invest in 200 companies with high levels of free cash flow, such as Visa and Costco, in one ETF. You can learn more about CFLO and the BetaShares fund range by visiting betashares.com.au. Read the PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Welcome to the Australian Business Podcast. I'm Daniel Golubev. I'm Jordan Kittis. I'm Owen Rask. We're here to help you make more profit, find work-life balance, save time, capital, and grow your business. Every week, we drop the best tax tips, marketing hacks, growth strategies, and methods to help you grow. If you haven't already, take the free Rask Business Course. Book a chat with me or Daniel at Grayspace. Or get in contact with us about business coaching. We also love hearing from you. So send us your questions and feedback using the resources found in the podcast player for each episode. Let's get into it. Daniel, welcome back to the Australian Business Podcast. Thanks, Jordan. Just the two of us again today. Yep. How are you feeling? Good. Good. Loose. Lovely, lovely. So uh, what's been happening? What have you been working on? Mate, trying to run a firm. Yeah. Um, busy as always, compliance, making sure we're ticking things um, for the people that like to lodge things late or don't <laughs> do it through a tax agent. Your due date is coming up very, very soon. That's 31st it. 31st of October, 2023 tax returns will be due. If you do it with a tax agent and you are compliant, you are due on the 15th of May, 2024. So you give us a lot more time to prep your work. That's it. So learning from that, lodge your things on time. Please. <laughs> <laughs> you get a significant amount of extra time if you do so. So Not just to lodge, but to pay your bills as well if exactly. there's a payable there. Exactly. So today we're doing something much more accounting focused and I guess or accounting, legal, however you want to see it. Um, we're going to be doing a bit of a mini series on structuring. So we're going to do a few different episodes and focus on different types of business structures. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the sole trader business structure, which is the most basic form. Then we're going to do partnerships and joint ventures in the next, um, followed by companies and then trusts as well. And then we'll have a Q&A. So if you're listening and at any point you have any questions relating to this mini series we're doing, please send them in and we will wrap them all up um, at the end of the mini series um, and we'll answer them all. So yeah, today the first one, I guess the easiest one to set up is Sole Trader. So Daniel, do you want to just give a basic overview of the Sole Trader space and what that is? Yeah, listen, this is where everyone probably starts. I know I started mm. with just a Sole Trader ABN first dabbling into sort of like that side hustle um, sort of atmosphere. Um, I know you did it as well. Yeah. And comfortably say 80% of businesses probably start as a sole trader. It's the first time you're sort of dabbling into the business space. Um, Simply put, a sole trader status is you personally and you get an ABN, an Australian business number, and more or less lets you trade as a business just via your, your sole sort of person. Yep. Um, you're not a separate legal entity. You still pay taxes. You're still liable. It is – the business is you, yep. the simplest way to put it. And in terms of getting it done, it's really, really easy. I mean, you, you can jump online on the ABR website, get it done yourself. 
Um, if you don't want to do it yourself, use a, a tax agent because there are some additional registrations. Yeah, yeah. There's when you're doing things by yourself, especially you know free um, registrations like the ABN. There are other questions that get thrown at you. Um, don't be scared because a lot of the times you can unregister, re-register, mm. register at a later date. Um, but getting the ABN itself is free, very, very simple. All you need is more or less like your personal details and you can do it directly through the ABR, um, which is quite easy. There are other registrations that they let you go for straight away. One could be, for example, GST, pay-as-you-go withholding, fringe benefits tax, luxury car tax, fuel tax credits, wine equalization tax, like this. A lot there for most people don't even bother looking at those yes. just go straight get get your abn and just start yeah for sure if you're just starting out there's no 99 times out of 100 unless like you're industry specific and you yeah yeah some of the other taxes but in in most cases it's just get in get your abn and everything else can be adjusted after the fact anyway exactly and then once once you've got that abn the next step would be to Register a business name. Um, if you want to as well. You don't have to. Exactly. You, you can still trade as, you know, yourself without having a, a, a business name. You know, for example, if um, when I started, it was just some basic bookkeeping in the side. I didn't need, you know, Daniel's bookkeeping or anything yeah. like that. It was just my name with an ABN. I was allowed to invoice and then more or less we're, we're good to go. You don't have to, but it's there as an option if you want to sort of separate yourself slightly um, even though you're not, because when people look up your ABN, it's still going to be your personal name on ABN lookup, and then it's just going to have a business name attached to your ABN. Yeah, spot on. And if you do want to register a, a business name, you can do that through ASIC, and it's $42 for a year and $98 for three years. And the good thing about that is once you register that business name, it can then be transferred to another business structure. So say in a year's time, things are going great, and it's time to roll into a new structure, whether it's a partnership, a trust, company, company um, you can then use that business name because you've already, I guess, secured it mm. um, to your own name. So that's also a good thing where if you've got a name, you love it. Um, I mean, for, for 98 bucks for three years, if it's a, if the goal is to be long-term, then why it, not? It's yours and no one else can take it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, and one of the reg registrations that Daniel spoke about with uh, doing the ABN registration is goods and services tax. Mm -hmm. GST. So if you turn over um, more than $75,000, uh, sorry, $75,000 or more, you must register for GST, which means you'll collect GST on your sales and then you'll um, remit it to the ATO. So you'll pay it to the tax office. And just to uh, make things very clear, this isn't your overall income. So if you have a job and you're making, call it 60K, and then you're making 15K in your side hustle, that doesn't mean you need to register for GST. It's just your ABN income. Exactly. And turnover is not profit. I think so turnover, if for those listening who don't know, it's- Total income generated yep. pre-expenses, yep. right? Because we get, we've had a lot of people walk through the door and they've, you know, turning over maybe 200,000 and they're like, well, but we haven't profited 75,000 yet. And it's like- It happens it, all the time. It, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. it's total gross earning. So that is the total that hits your account. It's really, simply it's really important that people know that because on Daniel's example there, when you come in like, and, and you've turned over say $200,000, even if you haven't profited it, we're going to need to do that GST registration, and that could that may have to be backdated. Every scenario is different. That may have to be backdated, depending on when you've come in. 
The worst part about it isn't the fact that you even have to pay a tenth of it to the ATO. It's the fact that you haven't charged 10% extra on your services mm. to cover that mm. because GST's charged extra. When you're pricing, you know, we run, you know, pricing, you know, um, call it workshops for our clients. You, you price your product or your service, then you add the GST after the fact. You don't, you don't price it in. in no, we never recommend doing that. So in a scenario when you're not charging mm. GST, you're losing 10% of your earnings really you've underpriced by 10 percent straight away so it's really important like jordan said to make sure that you really understand at what point and when you need to register for gst um pre seventy-five thousand, it is optional and voluntary um but yeah generally speaking from a cost perspective it's generally easier just to wait till you're turning over around that seventy-five thousand and then register for gst even if you do want to do it yourself it's probably I would still suggest ringing a tax agent. Um, hopefully they'll take your call without charging you for it. Um, if it's a couple of minute phone call, I'm sure it'll be fine. Just to get an understanding and, and wrap your head around that because it's something that you really don't want to get wrong because it can put you back a significant amount of time. If you're a sole trader, especially if it's not a side hustle and it's more of a full-time gig where you are turning over a hundred or $200,000, it can really bite you on the backside if yeah. you ignore it. Yeah, I know we don't charge for like the initial um, meetings or initial calls or anything like that, but I know some accountants do. Yeah, but even if your accountant does, I just think it, it'll probably be the best. You know, couple hundred dollars you'll probably spend because mm. it'll put you onto the right path of making sure you're compliant. Right? Um, call it an insurance policy. Call it information. Call it a course. It just gets you on the right path. You know, even if there is a small fee attached to your accountant to sit down with you to explain to you how it works, run through your brief scenario it's probably worth it mm, for sure especially if you do have a full-time job on the side or you know what even if you don't you want to have a sit down with someone so then you can run through okay how much money do i need to put aside every time it comes in to cover the gst or if it's not if you're not gst registered yet but to cover the tax because you don't want to be operating and trading for a year you've put nothing aside and then you do your tax return and bang, tax bill, disaster. You've got no money to pay it. So you want to stay on top of that for sure. Well, yeah, I think the next topic we had here was, you know, tax and how does sole trader income affect mm. the tax bill, right? So this day and age, very, very common side hustles. Yep. And I think the number one question for, you know, the, that we get is, well, how do I get taxed on that? Or do I just pay it separately? Is it mm. fixed 25% like a company? It's like, well, no, right? So everyone's tax liability on their sole trader income will be different because it's always based on your marginal tax rate. So I think, you know, Jordan ran a, a quick calculation for the episode. Um, rough we, calculation. Yeah, rough. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things that we're sort of assuming and, yeah. and not factoring in. This is all basic calculation. And I'd probably seek advice on your personal yeah. situation beforehand. So assuming that there's no, you know, hex debt, help debt or anything like that, assuming it's just a, a normal wage that you're earning, there's no sort of allowances, salary sacrifices, no better leases, whatever, you know, things you do. This is your basic, yep. basic as basic comes, right? So let's say you're on a gross salary of about 80000 Your normal tax component is probably around the $18,000 mark, right? Which is probably about 22.5% of, you know, your, your total earnings. So now let's say you've decided... You know, you've bought a camera, it's a hobby, and you've decided to charge for some 
photography, right? You're going out to some family christenings, events, doing some corporate shots for your friends, you know, for, for LinkedIn or whatnot, and you earn $10,000 throughout that financial year. Mm-hmm. Nice little pocket money. So how does that affect your tax bill, right? So based on an $80,000 wage, assuming no deductions, a $10,000 profit from your side hustle, let's say there was no expenses, your tax bill goes to 21517 So that's an additional 3450 that you're paying in tax, which does seem like a lot on $10,000, right? About 34.5%. The reason it feels like so much is because now that you've gone to a $90,000 taxable income, you're not just being taxed on your side hustle. Because you're at a higher tax rate, around that 23.9, call it 24%, your total earnings gets taxed more, meaning that your employment income also gets taxed more. Mm. So you need to factor that in because it's not as simple as, you know, I'm in a 20% tax bracket, so I'm only going to put $2,000 of that 10000 away. Well, it's wrong because you're getting taxed extra on all your income, mm. not just the side hustle. Yeah, for sure. And in terms of reporting as well, um, you don't lodge two tax returns. So when you're a sole trader, um, that I guess in, in a tax return is called a business schedule, that's done in your personal tax return. So there's n- no need to do two returns. Um, like if you were a company, a partnership or a trust, you'd be lodging separate tax returns. In this case, um, in its most basic form, one tax return, nice and easy. And just to go over what, what Daniel said as well, in terms of the that um, photography example, it's a really good way, a sole trader, whether you're a photographer or a tradie or whatever the profession, it's a really good way to trial something and see if it works because in terms of cost from an accounting perspective, um, ASIC and any other um, costs that could come up in terms of starting a business, they're super low. Low barrier to entry. If you don't want to run it anymore, super easy to shut it down. So with side hustles and um, you know, first-time business owners. That's why we see sole trader being the most common for that entry point of starting a business. Yeah, and I agree with that as well. You know, what if you don't like it? What yeah. if, I think on a previous episode with Owen, and you made a really good point, it was, you know, sometimes you don't want your hobby to become mm. the, you know, your, your income generating thing because it stops becoming a hobby and it stops becoming something you enjoy once it turns into that work environment. So having that option that's, Low cost, easy to do. You can more or less start it the same day you come up with the idea, go in and stop at any time without any sort of repercussions. It's just such a great area to just dabble. Yeah, and it's, again, like low barriers to entry. You start get your ABN done, whatever insurances you need, bank account, um, invoicing software, or even if you just use Stripe and you just use a Word doc to send invoices, like, it'll cost you next to nothing to get set up and – and, and you're off. Listen, if you're traditional, you can go to the local news agency and still get an invoicing book. You don't even need a separate oh, yeah, bank account. Too. Yeah, you can still get them. Um, and Those you things don't are even, a nightmare for your accountant, by the way. So Yeah, I'm not recommending <laughs> doing this. I'm just saying you can. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, and you for don't sure. need a separate bank account. You can still use your own. Again, we do not recommend it. Record-keeping purposes, sort of, it is a bit of a nightmare for us and expect a slightly bigger bill from your accountant yeah. if your records aren't that great because we've got to work that little bit harder to get the same result. But it's there mm. and it sort of lines into that low sort of 
barrier to entry being so easy for like sure you don't need to do anything for sure even on that on record keeping um i guess best practices if you were a sole trader um open up a separate bank account so that way you you've got one bank account and in that bank account um is all of your income so when you send invoices out however you do it that gets paid into this bank account and then you also pay all of your uh, business associated expenses out of this bank account that way it's it's really good because when you do go to your accountant for tax time, super easy, everything's there. And even for yourself, if you wanna run some type of financial analysis, it's super easy. You've got one location for all of your transactions that are business related. Well, you can at least see if it's a, a worthwhile mm. opportunity, right? Like if you're not making money, you can stop it pretty quickly. You know, like if it's something like, um, you know, making a product, buying sort of materials and then selling it, but at the end, the fact if you're constantly having to put money into the account, and you're not really making money. Maybe keep it as a hobby. Just do it for fun. It gives you without having to have a software, without having to see an accountant or a professional. It'll tell you pretty quickly in your bank account whether you can make money off it or you can't. Yeah, that's right. So, again, separate bank account is best practice always. Um, accounting software. When would you recommend getting one? It's a tricky one. It really is. It is a tricky one because it's up to each individual person. Mm. Me personally, um, I'd say if I started doing anything over like 20K, um, I'd probably do it just because I don't know if that's like, cause I'm a number person and I just want to see it. But yeah. there's other, like if, if it's not zero, which we are big advocates for, there is smaller software like Henry. Mm -hmm. I believe if you're a solopreneur and you're just starting out, that's an option. Uh, we did an episode, Owen did an episode um, with Henry. So that could be a good shout. Yeah, and we've seen, I, I've actually seen some really, really good spreadsheets that you can you yeah. know, download for free off um, various accounts. And yes, it's- We should do that. We should you know do that. This is, we've, we've said <laughs> it now. So we'll provide a option to download a, uh, I guess a really rough, not rough, but like a profit and loss template yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, so I mean, we do we do have something basic, but it's a lot, a, a bit more after the fact. And it would be nice yeah. to actually create something that, you know, you can use whilst you're running the business because mm. I think that's really, really important. Oh, so I've done it now, so now I have to do it. <laughs> yeah, just don't set a due date. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess we'll do that in the show notes because it's, just, it, you know, it's not the hardest of things to track, especially when there's um, minimal transactions. So yeah. And Jordan, how would super work for a call? Let's say, for example, we've moved past the side hustle component. Mm. Let's say we, we're starting to get enough traction and we've got enough work coming in from this side hustle that mm. it can become your main hustle. Yep. Um, how does super work for a sole trader? Um, you're responsible for it yourself. So unlike when you're working for someone and the percentage is withheld from your wage and then your um, employer pays it for you mm -hmm. you have to pay it yourself so if you if you haven't put money into super and you've been a sole trader for five or six years there's no money going into your retirement mm -hmm. so once you've you're established and you're starting to find your feet it's really important that you're making that conscious decision to put money into super it is the deduction as well um but i remember early on in the career in in my career anyway in in accounting you'd see a lot of people that have been sole traders for 10, 15, 20 years and nothing's gone into super. Yeah, I think that's a really, really important point because because you're not forced to do it, mm. it's not mandatory, mm. it's sort of slept on a little bit. Yeah. Um, because you do need to factor that in because what if you don't want to do this forever? Yeah. 
that, that's that's what and, and from point. a tax deduction point of view, it's a great great deduction for yeah. you as well. So um, keep that in mind. It is not mandatory, but do not forget about it because yeah. it is quite important. And that's probably one of the downsides to a sole trader where it's not a necessity. So people, like you said, just don't do it. Um, Liability is another big one as well as a sole trader. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what can go wrong, um, you are personally liable for everything in in that business as a sole trader um and this means that sometimes your personal assets can even be at risk to cover business debts if there is a bankruptcy or liquidation or whatever it may be um you are liable personally yeah regardless yeah whether it's an accident or it's not an accident whether you had insurance you didn't have insurance a lot of the times you are sort of obviously you are the business Mm. so something goes wrong Legal, you do have yeah. potential to lose your assets. And that's why we do, and, and most, um, again, every scenario is different, but you would recommend rolling into a different structure once there is a bit of traction and once you mm. have worked out if it is a full-time gig or a long-term gig because mm. there's there's an abundance of liability issues that can come up. And I'm not saying that once you move out of a sole trader that they disappear because that's also not the case, but this is where you're open to... Um, whether it's legal action, debt, you know, you need to. There's an abundance of things that you can be liable for as a sole trader. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, do you think there's ever the perfect time or the right time to start considering a different structure? Do you have? Do you use like a, a rule of thumb with your mm. clients? Um, for for me, it's it's more so. Yes, there's a tax um, component with turnovers and whatnot. Um, but more so if it's a full-time gig and you intend to stay at it full-time um, and start bringing people on, that's that's when you'd entertain that a bit or you would, would entertain it more. Mm. Um, and then there are obviously thresholds with turnover and profit where you just weigh up tax rates and whatnot. So yeah. it just depends. And it just depends. Yeah, I agree. I think- What do you reckon? I think there's two key elements to sort of that conversation. It's one- tax which is sort of where do you get the best tax effect Mm. um sort of in in what environment um number two is liability i know we just sort of briefly touched on it but i think that's really really important because even if it's just a little bit call it 50 grand um in turnover i think you really need to toss up whether it's got risks whatever you're doing Mm. um and really factor in what your assets are like because someone that has no assets, so for let's say for example, um, there's very little super or there's no shares, there's no real investment that's going on behind the scenes, there's no property, their risk tolerance is higher than someone that has, let's call it primary place of residence with an investment, mm-hmm. with a share portfolio, with a large super balance. So the advice you would give someone that has assets assets versus someone that doesn't have assets is different as well. So liability is a massive sort of talking point of when to move because someone that has assets should be probably considering moving to a legal entity sooner than someone without assets. So they're probably the two things I consider as one, the tax benefits to the liability component of, of whatever you're doing. For sure. For sure. And also keep in mind that it, I know we touched on it at the start, but it is the cheapest business structure to set up. Um, once you roll into the company, 
an elaborate trust or holdings companies, it does get very expensive from a setup perspective and also from an ongoing reporting perspective. Um, in terms of business reporting, we spoke about how it is in the tax when you only lodge one tax return. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to reiterate how important it is to keep good records, if you can make sure that you've got everything on hand and you have that separate bank account, it'll be super easy when doing your tax return. Yeah, because you've got to factor in, unlike your employment income, no one's tracking this for exactly. you. You can't sort of just go, oh, my employer will do it or you know, my client will do it because they don't. You know, once, once you're in that sole trader sort of dynamic, you're responsible for it. It is a lot of a self-declaration. And you also got to factor in that self-declaration has got to be correct because you are personally liable if it's not right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, we're going to be doing in the next episode, we'll be doing partnerships and joint ventures. Um, if you've got any questions about, um, whether it's sole trader, partnership, companies, trusts, super funds, whatever it may be, um, send them through and we're going to dedicate an entire episode to answering those questions. Yeah. Or Um, if you're a sole trader and you're still not sure of how anything works, feel free to book a call. Reach out, reach out. Um, Daniel, thank you for today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. I think this series is best served with my free business course on RASC education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. Finally, if this podcast or the course helps you, I only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend, colleague, or family member who runs a business. Thanks for listening.